Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 4, and I really have to thank Gibby for filling in for me as I was stuck at work once again. These long hours, these long days are all in, uh, I guess you should say, they're going pretty fast considering I'm going day by day, Ranger game by Ranger game, and the Rangers are winning hockey games, they're getting points, and it's just making these hours for the next uh, few weeks here, uh, much more manageable. But uh, I'm glad I'm back, and I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. My, I'm going to apologize in advance if my throat is a little uh, hoarse today. My bar band played a show last night, so I'm just singing some in some registers that I have no business singing and notes I can barely hit, hence I kind of shredded my vocal cords a bit. So if I'm a little hoarse, you'll have to excuse me. You might hear me uh, gulping down water here, but... Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm doing good. The Rangers, like you said, just keep winning hockey games and finding ways to win. And we'll talk about the how and the why. But uh, between them and the New York Knicks looking like a team possessed to show everyone that they're not a flash in the pan. Uh, it's a yeah, good times all around in New York City. I mean, just as long as you, you pretend the New York uh, Jets don't exist, uh, we'll be happy. But other than that, you know, doing uh, doing pretty good. Yeah, I I feel like the Jets and Mets don't really count. Everyone just it's just a given that they're just going to be a disaster, and that's exactly what they are. But you have the New York Rangers winning, just finding ways to win. You have the New York Knicks uh, with the we're back culture uh, throughout New York City, and it's just uh, you know it's great because I think, and we're talking about Knicks back, basketball, but for a town that was like writing off the Nets as the NBA champions last year and then even now this year it's really cool to have like the Knicks just kind of still overshadow them even though they're just like a playoff team right they're not really favored to win a championship but they'll get so much more love and attention uh, than the Nets and the Nets are actually going to be playing for a championship I think the Knicks this is just hopefully you take another step forward you could possibly get a you know you want another a number four seed in the playoffs maybe higher and maybe win around but you know all in all with the rangers start and the knicks start i mean if you you know if you're from manhattan and not you're not uh rooting for those teams over in brooklyn and long island you got a lot to be happy about so uh andy what just let's start somewhere let you 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 kind of guide this one a little bit sure so i mean and it it does involve both teams, the Knicks and the Rangers uh, will kind of span both sports and just sports in general. And that the more time goes on, the more you kind of realize just what a mindset and a mentality can mean for a team. I look at a team teams right now that are struggling, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, where their fans are throwing their jerseys on the ice after what, three or four games. Uh, they want to run Mitch Marner out of Toronto with pitchforks you know, fire Kyle Dubas. Uh, you know, some other teams like the Avalanche are struggling. Uh, and then, yeah, even with the Nets, all the negativity surrounding some of the decisions their players are making. And then you have the Rangers and the Knicks where the culture is there now. Uh, they have the right coach, seem to have the right coaches in place and the right organizational mentality. And 
uh, in any press, you know, post game or pregame press conference you listen to from either team, you hear a lot of similar things about there's, you know, because there's obviously a lot of platitudes and, and talking points that all teams kind of just throw out there as throwaway sound bites. It's like, oh, you know, playing for each other and this and that. But yeah, I mean, just the talk about the confidence and the swagger and just the Jacob Truba was speaking about today in uh, after practice that there is a different feeling with this group and that in the past there's been a when they were sitting on a lead there's like an oh no moment or if they're a little behind there's kind of like this oh this one might be slipping away from us where now is he says that panic is just not there and that they just kind of believe they're going to do it so they just keep working and working and just doing what they're doing and even if it's not going their way eventually it does because they're trusting the process and uh, I think the Knicks the same way I mean you look at at least where the Knicks were last season and how they kind of punched above their weight and because of that mentality and now they've ended, you know, excuse me, they've uh, acquired some more depth and better offensive players like Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker and just guys who can help any, they've even more rookie, their rookies like Obi Toppin and uh, you know, uh, between Obi and quickly and uh, RJ Barrett, they seem to be taking steps forward and getting more confident, much like the Rangers. And that, yeah, it's just the players they added are buying into that mentality where the the Knicks, I'm, excuse me, the Rangers were almost like the reverse, that they brought players with that mentality into the, the group. And now it's kind of infectious. So, you know, I mean, so I, it just, like I said, it just goes, the feeling around both teams is really positive and there's a lot of belief and it's going, yeah, it's paying off for them. So, uh, I do. I know last time you and I spoke, we kind of broke down what happened in the Montreal game. And then Gibby and I spoke about the Toronto game um, a little bit and just that wild ending. But uh, now that I have you on the pod, James, what are your big takeaways from this road trip? Like, how are you feeling about this team? Are there things you're still looking for? Uh, what ways did they surprise you? And like, uh, in other, what ways were, you know, whether pleasantly surprised or you're like, are there things that you're just still waiting to see? And yeah, just what were your general impressions and takeaways? Well, I, from the beginning, I've kind of had this mantra, right? And it's like, get points against the teams that you know you can get points against. And if you look at the Rangers start to this season, they played six games and they've gotten points in, you know, in games that they should have. Right. They started the season off and they got blown out by Washington. Right. That's a wash. The Capitals are going to be a playoff team. Um, They have a very dynamic offense. There was a lot of emotions by that. And it was just game one. We started Georgie. It was just a weird, weird game. All in all, you can kind of throw that one out. Right. We lost to the Capitals. Not a big deal. The next game was our home opener against the Dallas Stars. Now, the Dallas Stars are, again, a team that played in the Stanley Cup final not too long ago. Uh, They're a team that's, you know, seasoned with veterans and um, they know how to go on the road and win. And, and, you know, they're a team that's going to be, you know, tough to get two points against, but they lost in overtime and you still walked away from that game feeling like, well, we didn't even play our best. We went to overtime and we got a point and then started our road trip, right? You have Montreal, Toronto, Nashville, and Ottawa. Four games against, you know, three of the four were definitely beatable teams. We took care of business. We beat Montreal. We beat Nashville. We beat Ottawa. And we, you know, stole a win, so to speak, against the Toronto Maple Leafs that should be, you know, towards the top of the standing. So as far as I'm concerned, the Rangers are doing exactly what they need to do. And, you know, they deserve to be applauded for that. And I know not all of their wins are are, you know, they're not blowing teams out five nothing and you know, they, they went back and forth with Nashville and they won in the third. They were down two nothing against Ottawa. They came back in the third, but that's what teams do on the road. You have to find ways to win and good teams find those ways to win. And that's exactly what the Rangers are doing. Now, what I, the only thing that I'm a little bit nervous about is that we do have some younger players that haven't played a full 82 game schedule. And, you know, we are going to have to go home and play against our home crowd, where if we do have a, a tough start like we did against Ottawa, you know, you're kind of now fighting, you know, the, the emotions in the building, so to speak. And we all know that Madison Square Garden is a tough place to play against when you're not playing a very good hockey game. And I think it's really important for the Rangers to come back home against the Calgary Flames and jump out to an early lead. I really do think that that will matter in this hockey game because it's, it's tough. And 
you, the last thing you want to do is take the, you know, the, the crowd out of the equation and kind of feel like, well, now only do I have to win them back, but I also have to, you know, win this hockey game. And you don't want to fight the, both, of those, both of those battles. You want to keep the, the crowd engaged. You know, this is your home ice. You've got to defend it. You've got to get two points here. So, um, but we can talk more about this road trip because I think there's a different, um, I think there's more to it than just going 4-0 and getting eight out of eight points. So, um, but I want to hear your thoughts since I just kind of briefly went over it. Yeah, you know, I mean, right now, if you look at the things that are, the, if we compare the Rangers of last season and the season before as the Rangers of this season, uh, clearly they are playing much better team defense overall. Um, they're maybe not carrying five on five offensive play as much, but again, they're trying to learn. We, you know, take it with a grain of salt. They've been down two of their top six players in Kako and Strom, and they've had a little bit slower starts from Panarin, obviously, who's still, even though he's putting up points because he's Panarin, he's a great passer and he's, you know, elite playmaker, is still fighting it a little bit in terms of uh, his on ice speed and his quickness and his decision making. You know, a little, some few bad turnovers so far this season, but you know, forcing plays that he usually makes easily, but that's okay. He'll get, I think I have confidence that he'll find round himself out. Like I said, he's still putting up points, but yeah, I mean, again, they're trying to develop. They've only really, they had training. Obviously we had we had the training camp. That's really not a lot of time. This is a new coach. They have a new way of doing things and it's, but I mean, I think this is as almost as close as an, an overnight change or just at least a mentality change that you can get. I mean, after two games, or three games, people were getting on the addition of Barkley Goodrow and how much they paid him. But in every game where they've had a lead, who's been out there late game heroics and has literally shut down the other team? It's been Barkley Goodrow, you know, a, a, well, a well-timed goal to put them up, just empty net goals to seal it, a stick lift to save a surefire goal when they're, you know, sitting on a lead in the third period. He's just, he is an absolute late game assassin. And that's exactly, you know, you can argue he's a little overpaid, but he has seems to have spearheaded this belief that, no, you know, we're just going to take care of business now. And that's the thing to see not only them up and holding onto a lead, but them being more, even though they're not being risky, but they're being aggressors, that fourth line when they have, they're up playing with the lead. So it's not so much. Even when, you know, because obviously usually in the past when the Rangers have had a lead, every, all four lines have kind of been like, all right, we're, we're, we're staying back. We're hemmed a bit. But now they have a fourth line that no matter what, our fourth Reeves and Rooney and like uh, Dryden Hunt have been killing it. Reeves was one of our best Corsi players for the last two games, like, he's which I would, I would never thought I would say in a million years, but he's been good. And he, he hasn't even dropped the gloves once. But that's the thing. I think it's. The rest, the funny thing is, just by adding him, the rest of the team is getting mixed up in it more. Truba and Kreider's clearly being more physical, and they're not being pushed around. Just knowing he's there, and at the same time, my biggest thing is like, oh, is Reeves going to take dumb penalties and do this and that? No, we're not. He's just playing effective hockey, and he helps show he's the team the that, he, yeah, he's even drawing when, penalties, just playing physical. Yeah, I know it's it's awesome, and it just shows that you know it's for us to finally have a bottom six that can play like that and. You know, just change, make changes by adding Lafreniere, moving him down to the third line to play with uh, Blay, you know, and Heedle. What, how that line pretty much won us that Nashville game. And they've, you know, they were, they had their chances the last game too. So there's some chemistry there. So Gallant has the perfect comportment for a coach to, because, you know, he's being asked to do a lot of things be competitive now, change, coach the bad habits out of this team. Uh, bring the youngsters along to help them take another step in their development and yeah it's it's a lot to do all at once so and you can obviously argue it looks like while they their offense they're like they're not generating as much offense five on five as they did last season but they're not playing the same way upon hockey so of course if you're going to play more defensively you might have to give up a little bit of offense to do so but how many goals and most of their goals, if not almost all of them, have been deflections in front of the net or scored from home plate right in front of the net, right? And you look at a team like Toronto, who is still carrying five-on-five play and taking a lot of shots, but from the perimeter, even though the Rangers have been, you know, they've been pretty even shot-wise, but even the games they've been out, out shot, it's like, I never felt it was like they guys are allowed to run in front of their crease. You know what I mean? It's been, they've, they let their goalie see shots from the outside. And they clear 
uh, yeah, they clear the crease when they have to. So even if they're maybe on their heels a little bit five on five at times, you don't ever really feel, you know, I don't know. You just don't feel, even when they look sluggish, it's like they're still not giving up much. They just don't look like they're pressing or can create all that much. But they've been in every game they've been, maybe besides that first one. And again, that was like a mental animal and a first time with a new system. And you see them getting more comfortable. And I think Vince made, Mercagliano made a good point the other day that if this is how this team operates or looks when they're not playing at 100%, imagine when they do figure it out, you know, and they're definitely underperforming from their expected goals. They're not scoring as many goals as to be expected. So when that number kind of goes back to the reverts to the mean a little bit, they're going to score more goals. They'll be able to get better success on the power play. And I mean, look, I think. Uh, to get back to my point and my long rambling is that Gallant's been being asked to do a lot of things, but he just kind of takes it nonplus and just he does it his way. And he's just like, yeah, don't worry about that. Or we just do it or whatever. I just felt right. Or we just have to. And look at it like Lafreniere gets late game time that he puts that line out, even though they're sitting on a leave. It's not like Quinn who would like you say, he, you know, he's here to help these players learn to play in the National Hockey League and it just sits them, you know, so. uh and yeah, look, Blaze looks like he's going to have a be a breakout candidate here, much uh, just because the coach trusts him. He says he even said, "I trust him," you know. And I and it looks like we're giving him, we have trust in him. We're giving him more ice time, and he's always had nice hands. And it looks like he's bringing out that side that he had a bit earlier in his game. So I think he's doing a pretty masterful job right now. The proof is kind of in the pudding. So you can maybe be upset that like, oh, can they sustain this? And you know, they have to be the more dominant five on five team it's like well yeah but i mean that would surely be nice but you got to walk before you can crawl this is a team that has not made the playoffs and you know you can maybe argue they would have made the playoffs the bubble year uh and or you would have made the playoffs last year if they had a few some more time but we're not talking about that we're talking about concrete right now they are tops of the league because they're just getting points they only have one game where they left any points on the table and yeah so I mean, overall, I'm I'm very happy. So, do you agree with my assessment, or do you uh, do you think I'm off base on anything? No, I absolutely agree with you. The one thing, though, if you look at the way the Rangers are built right now, and you know, I know people want to generate, you know, offense, and they look at you know all these different statistics, you know, goals for for sixty, and all this like nonsense. But you you throw that out though, like throw that out in the regular season. Uh, I, I do. I don't look at that. You got to look at like what the Rangers were able to accomplish w- within the game, right? The Rangers don't have their top, two of their top six players. Uh, the center position is depleted right now. When you lose your number two center on most teams, that's a really big deal. On the Rangers, it's a really, really big deal, especially because that center in particular and Ryan Strom has this chemistry with Artemi Panarin. And you kind of take that away. I'm not saying Panarin looks lost or anything. But during this span, you just see Panarin, I feel like he's trying too much individual work, right? And a guy like Strom kind of is a little bit more cerebral. He knows where to be when, you know, Panarin has the puck. And, you know, you take away that, you know, chemistry, I really do think it takes away from that second line. And, you know, not that, you know, Panarin's playing bad, but there are certain things that Panarin is doing that usually he doesn't do. And I think that's because he it's early in the season. He's feeling things out, a lot of new faces, and you know he doesn't have Ryan Strom as his center. So wait, just wait until Strom comes back. Does he? Does he have COVID? They keep saying it was like it was COVID protocol. So I mean, you don't know if that's a. They don't reveal. They just say COVID protocol. They don't say like, oh, he had a. So, I mean, some writers can confirm that, but mostly that that could be an exposure thing. And then right. you have to pass a couple of tests, but he was skated with the team today. So I think he just has to get checked out by New York's, uh, the Rangers physicians. And if he does, he should probably play tomorrow night. Kako today practiced in a non, uh, contact Jersey. So he might be getting close, but he's probably, I think the beat writers were speculating Friday is probably a more likely return for him, but, uh, I'm not sure if Strom actually had COVID, but it was, you know. Uh, if he did, I think he wouldn't be back this this quick. So it might have just been exposure thing or, you know, a false positive or just whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not that it's not my business. It's just, you know, I, I just don't want to be in a position where now we have another, you know, uh, Zibanejad on our hands where yeah. he's now going to feel the lingering effects and just all that nonsense. But if we don't know, we don't know it. We don't really need to go and dive that 
deep into this, but the one thing you know I will say is that it'll be nice to have our second line center back, and you know I really have to honestly give a pat on the back to Morgan. Morgan Barron has been great. I mean, he fit right in. He's done his job to a T. I know he is not playing a lot, well under ten minutes, but I mean, hell, the the time that he gets out there, he's making the most of it, and he's playing very well. And for another kid that's a center that we drafted. Uh, that's a rookie and, you know, could be here in a couple of years, you know, not knowing that really the, the, uh, the future of what Ryan Strom in, in this and Heedle in this, uh, you know, upcoming few seasons here, you know, Morgan Barron stepped right in and filled that center slot very nicely. Yeah, he absolutely did. And listen, he got, he got sent down. He didn't make the team out of camp like they hoped he would, but much like Heedle a few seasons ago, he just... He took it as like an, all right, that just means I have to work and show I can. And he was very good for Hartford in the limited time he was there. Obviously, injuries happen. And lo and behold, you're, then they call your number. Uh, he makes his way up. And yeah, he like you said, he hasn't looked uh, out of place at all. Again, you, you know, your fourth fourth line duties are a little bit different. They're not really expecting you to generate off. Is, like, is he at center 100% of the time too? I don't know. I mean, I've seen him take some face-offs if guys have been uh, kicked out of the circle. but. I think for the most part he's played wing to Rooney, um, but then when Rooney moved up, I think he took a few. Well, he got hurt, yeah. So they had, yeah. So I'm sure he's, point, you know, yeah. he they probably he would probably have some center uh, defensive responsibilities throughout the course of the the, the limited games he played. But um, yeah, I mean, again, he uh, it's it's kind of comes back to team expectations and for doing your your role, and that we that was spoken about in the off season that. They need defined roles and guys have to do it. But I think that's the beauty of Gallant is that usually it's like you do your role, but if you're on the fourth line, usually it's like you're going to get less playing time. Well, I don't have a problem with Gallant throwing because that's Dryden Hunt and Rooney and Reeves out there to mix it up and get give them a little bit more ice time because when they've been out there, they've been bringing it to them. And, you know, maybe they haven't scored a lot of goals together but it's kind of created the momentum right so and they're there it's not ending up in the back of your net when you're out there they're winning the the possession battle so that's yeah that's fine so it's just expected to you're going to dump the puck and go get it and it doesn't they've faced you know different teams playing different systems but they've just dumped it in and they've been committed to be heavy on the puck and it doesn't matter that that works against every team in the national hockey league you know what i mean and it has so far so uh, again, it comes back to a mentality and uh, just much like what Trubitz spoke about in that press conference today about knowing your role and having the belief that no matter what's happening, if you stick with it and you just keep doing what your role is and playing your part, you can close out games, you can tie up games, you can win hockey games and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, I've obviously been very happy with uh, it's nice to have not they are almost overflowing with depth in the bottom six position now they have, you know, between. Rooney and Bar and and it's the other thing. I mean, Sammy Blay has been a revelation oh, for the Rangers early this season. I was season. just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you, Andy, for all the people that couldn't fathom why the Rangers traded, you know, Buchnevich to the St. Louis Blues, and you know, uh, who would we get back? We didn't even get anybody back. Like we basically gave him away, dude. You can argue that Blay's been one of our more consistent forwards. Yeah, he takes a couple untimely penalties, but he's turning into a fan favorite and. He's a guy that plays with a ton of energy and it's exactly a guy the Rangers need right now. Yeah. And again, I, you can maybe argue, you don't know if they could have got Blay and a first. I don't know if St. Louis would have done that anyway, because even though they were not as they, they were, they were still kind of high on him, even though they were willing to part with them. Um, but regardless that you can look in that in a nutshell, maybe they didn't get the value for Buchnevich you thought they would. But you can see that they've clearly, tar- Chris Drury has clearly targeted the perfect player for this team. He's a guy who has upside, but already plays, pl- was playing a style conducive to what this team lacks. And that's in terms of that's uh, forechecking pressure on the bottom lines. But he clearly has enough skill to play in a, a top nine and eventually potentially a top six as a winger if need be. And yeah, again, he's takes a lot of penalties because he's that's the style he plays but he's obviously if you're going to take that many penalties and play on the edge like that you have to create more than you uh you have to you have to do more damage than you do to the other team than you do yourself and even though he's taken a bunch of penalties and maybe he'll have to learn to rein that in a bit he's 
his uh what he's brought to this team positively has definitely outweighed that so yeah i mean excellent assessment and pickup and targeting by chris drury and uh yeah, I think it's just one of those things where you look, Valakett spoke about it. He's a guy who's not afraid to bring the puck to the center of the ice, right to the slot. And he just, when he's out there, he just causes disarray. And just sometimes you look at where this team has had success, lo and behold, it's they score their goals off of pretty direct plays. Guys in front of the net, cashing in, passes right into the slot, deflections right from the slot. Uh, it hasn't been like, you know the the passing from the perimeter one timers seems is not clicking for this team right now. And if eventually you hope they can have the confidence and the, their shooting percentage goes um, back, you know, uh, reverts to the mean a little bit, and they can score on those two, so they can have a more offensive output. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, well, Sammy Blay has been such a revelation for this team, and I think it's just uh, yeah, it just there's a new seems to be a new way of doing things, and I think slowly everyone's buying in, following his lead. Yeah, and you you look how the Rangers have scored. You mentioned they're not the prettiest of goals. I'll just here's a new slash for everybody. That's exactly how you score in the playoffs. Yeah, throwing throwing pucks in front of the net, having traffic, getting sticks on it, tipping it, deflecting it. You know, the biggest knock I've you know seen on the Rangers so far for me offensively is that they, you know they. Why don't, do you think the power plays where they have the least least amount of success so far? Right, that's where There's, they're playing their same old you know perimeter pot. You know what they've done in the past. Andy, you're spot on. And it's like so frustrating because you see all the other, you know, the, all the other guys, they throw the pucks on net and they're crashing, causing rebounds. And, you know, the Rangers haven't gone up against, you know, extremely good goaltending. Like look at the Ottawa game with Murray. We were making them an all-star. It's because, you know, the one-timers, they're, if, if you know what's coming, they're not that difficult to defend, right? And, you know, I know Zbanejad, I know Panarin, they got a rocket off that, you know, that quick release that, you know, goes in for goals sometimes on the power play. And that's, you know, great. But if a team is defending that and the goalie knows it's coming and we're broadcasting it with our body language and our body positioning or stick positioning, and they know a pass is coming, then it's, it's kind of useless. And I think the Rangers and I think players like Panarin too, just kind of just throw the puck on net. And I, listen, I, I'm very anti-Kreider, but I'm going to applaud him. When he's in front of the net, he allows for chaos to happen, and that's a good thing. I mean, he should have had another goal in Ottawa. He almost passed it backwards at a, at a, towards the goalie and rather into the net. It was mind-numbing on how he was able to do that. But if you look at him, he's a perfect player to have in front of the net. Let him cause chaos. Let him cause you know disruption. Don't let the goalie see the puck. If you know, and, and we we need second and third chances. That's how you're going to score in the NHL. That's how you score in the playoffs. This you know tic tac toe perimeter with a shot. Yeah, it's great. And certain players in the league can do it, like McDavid and Drysaitel and Ovechkin. You know, they can all do that type of stuff. We can't. We kind of have to play within you know w- within our capabilities. And right now, we're a grinding team, right? We're a tough team to play against. You know. Teams are not going to want to, oh my God, to throw in the puck on goal again and I have to defend. Like You wear teams down like that. And I think the Rangers maybe need to steer away from that tic-tac-toe stuff and play a little bit more of a, of a you know an unpretty style where we do kind of muck it up in front of the net. Yeah, and again, I think by adding those players, uh, Tampa's got one back-to-back cups where they have their guys who play more direct but that also, you still see your Kucherovs and your Stamkos scoring by playing nice passing plays. But because those teams are getting onslaughted by their other lines who play just a more smash mouth direct style of hockey, they collapse and they give a little bit more time. And then you, there will be a mix of both. And even I've seen Panarin trying to get in a little bit more. And I think he's adapting because he's, he's understanding maybe it's not going to be the way he's had success in the past uh, with Kane and like, you know, he, him and Kane lit it up that year and then they went to the playoffs and they didn't do much with, you know, um, or did they, no, they didn't make the playoffs. Did they, did he make a round with me? I think he made it the first year and they missed the second year. When he I'm so bad with like looking back on what year, like, yeah, I, I get like my Panarin's brain, here but still, years. I think again, it's like he, I think a bunch of those guys are adjusting, but, uh, Zabanajad has looked great defensively, which I think even though he's had, the Rangers have said he's been there great for years. That's not absolutely true. I think he's 
five on five defense wasn't that good, but it's good this year. And he's been he's adapting. He's making he's making more plays and he's scoring goals and he's getting his chances, but he still just keeps going. I mean, uh, the the best thing about Turk since he's came here is he's literally made this system perfect for a guy like Chris Kreider. Hence, he's leading the team in goals. He's on. It seems like he's on pace for like what, like 58 goals, something ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, he's a listen. Kreider's been engaged every shift. Uh, almost every shift. I haven't seen him take a shift off yet. He could still go Casper at some point, which is probably likely, but he's his job is pretty simple. And I think also when he sees the rest of the team playing the same exact style as he is, I think he gets less inclined to be like, oh, well, I have to be like them, which has been his biggest problem is he tries to be something he's not. But if the team is now playing a style that's closer to what he should be doing and he's doing that more consistently, it's a winning combination, right? And hence he's scoring lots of goals on tips and he's the only uh, when he's on the power play, you know, deflecting pucks in and taking away the goalie's eyes, they're having success. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, winning combination. So yeah, I, you know, obviously I think if, again, if they can, if the team can get more comfortable with their assignments and even losing Kako and Strom and they can string points and win, especially on the road, as long as they're as good as to be expected at home where they're winning more than they lose because it's their home, then home arena then uh yeah they'll be in good shape and you have to wonder it's like you look at some of the teams that have got off to a later start like the islanders have gotten off to a slower start and they're until their arena's done uh in a couple of weeks they're still on the road so we'll see um if that ends up to bite them in the butt but yeah get get points early so it's for once they don't have to claw them their way out of a hole right and you know I, what do you think of the defense i kind of want to get into them a little bit too because um you know, my thought process is, you know, with Adam Fox, it's going to be tough for him to have the same, you know, season he did last year. You you would think he would maybe take a step back and 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 kind of, you know, teams are going to defend him better, you know, but he, he's been great. You know, I thought he had a tough game against Ottawa, but overall, I mean, Adam Fox has had, you know, you know, shifts of brilliance. And then if you look at, you know, Lingren, I thought was you know, has been great so far. He had a goal to take it away from him against uh, uh, Nashville. He scores again in Ottawa, uh, you know, and then you have the Truba-Miller, you know, combo that I feel like they don't really give up much. You know, I think Miller finds himself a little bit out of positioning, but, you know, overall, I, I can't complain for Miller's second year in the NHL. And then, you know, Nils and, and uh, Nemeth have been, you know, solid, so to speak. I mean, I, I I really just can't complain about them. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely bang on. I think, like you said, Fox, uh, even though in both maybe versus Dallas and then versus Ottawa, I think he wasn't as good as he could have been for the first two thirds of the game. And then he literally just turned it on for the final third and broke the game open with his elite skill. And that's happened twice now. Uh, it just proves how good he is, uh, even when he doesn't on nights he doesn't have it, that if he can just turn it on for five minutes he can literally change the course of the entire game hence why i think he is the best defenseman in the nhl but you know that's uh i'll, I'll leave a couple well let a, a month or two go by before i make you know i i bring that to the uh, posit that to the listeners out there but um and then yeah miller and truba clearly truba looks like a changed man he looks much more confident he's not having the same breakdowns and yeah listen he takes a penalty here or there he gets stepped around there but you see the way he's heavy on guys behind the net and he doesn't back down he's putting players in the bench and he's establishing that if you come at us you're gonna have a rough night and miller has looked definitely more comfortable again he still makes some of the same mistakes but it looks like not as many and you see him using a little bit more physicality than last season because he's more comfortable and the whole team's trying to be more physical and you see him every now and then he just does something that only he could do with his size and his uh, skating ability and his uh, reach where he'll do the whole, the, he'll sprint to the corner and do the one hand wrap with the stick and then poke it away where other guys would take a holding penalty. He doesn't because he's just got such a good wingspan and he's such a great skater and he's jumping in the rush more and get more pucks on net. And again, it's he's gonna yeah they're gonna have growing pains. There's not gonna be perfect all the time, but we're not expecting them to. We're just expecting them to, as a group, play better team defense. So when their defensemen do make mistakes, they can recover. And listen, Fox had a real boneheaded play that led to that first goal. And yeah, Gurgev, which we can talk about, it 
you know, you want obviously Igor saving everything that comes at him. You want Georgiev to make those saves, but that's a hard shot to face for your first of a goaltender a guy slipping through a seam right in the slot. And then he, it's basically 50 50, which corner is he going, you know, and perfect placement. So, and that's on Fox making a boneheaded play. So even the best defenseman in the NHL can have boneheaded plays from now on, but just, you have to mitigate it. And those two have, and then as far as Nemeth goes, you know, I haven't really noticed him for ba- any bad reasons. You know, maybe a couple breakdowns Sorry. here and there. Uh, he's got to babysit Nils a bit, who has shown his great outlet passability. He's trying to get a lot of shots on net, with, which is good. But at the same time, we've seen him be a little... He's had a few uh, welcome to the NHL moments where he's like uh, indecisive. And then he's chasing the puck carrier because it's taken away from him. And a few times where it's like he failed to clear in front of the net because he's a little he is a little bit smaller but he's learning he's figuring it out you know what i mean and again it's a tall order to do all this stuff to be a top flight team but to bring some of the younger guys along at the same time but you know gosh darn it if uh, gerard gallant's not doing that and he's not really it's there everyone's getting their ice time too i you know you haven't heard a lot of usually this fan base is all about like, why is this guy getting more ice time or why is this line not getting played more? And I haven't heard a look at that from at least on social media from Rangers fans because their deployment hasn't been an issue at all. It's, you know, he's not, he's just rolling and that's what you got to do. And he's like, I don't care if it's like game effects. Yeah. We'll make changes if you have to, but like the same time, it's just, it's not been the, the jumble that we've seen so many past seasons and, you know, just head scratching decisions. It's just been, he's like, this is how I do business. I'm telling you all up front. And whether it win, win or we win or lose, I trust the process and we just go for it and it's working. So yeah, I have no, no uh, gripes about what the defense is doing, especially because this, this team as a whole is playing better team defense. So yeah, can't, uh, can't really argue on that front. Yeah. And you know, looking at right now, the game against Ottawa, where I really thought we struggled for two periods to especially maintain you know offense and just sustain any sort of pressure um you know the the defense i mean it was pretty even i mean you had fox at 23 minutes but if you really take away some of the uh power play and and special teams i think that all kind of relatively evens out within a minute 30 of each other and that's one through six and and that's great that's exactly what you want to see right during the regular season kind of it not be top heavy you know there's no reason fox needs to be playing close to 30 minutes a game in order to win games. You know, he's going to be out there for the power plays. He's going to be trusted on uh, in the final five minutes uh, of probably of every period. So, you know, his, his extra time is going to be there on the stat sheet, but you don't need, um, yeah, you don't need that to be, you know, Fox and, and Lindgren playing all these minutes and then the rest of the guys kind of following suit. You know, everyone's right around that, you know, 20 minute mark, uh, except for Niels, who played a little bit less. But, you know, that uh, he, that's probably because it seems like he's not playing any PK time, which is, which is okay, which is perfectly fine. So, um, but going to goaltending now, Georgie, you know, listen, Chesterkin has played unbelievable so far. He's proving to be a top five goalie in this league right now, and he's off to a very hot start. Georgie, unfortunately, isn't Igor. And, you know, the reality is Georgie's an average goalie. And he does exactly what average goalies do, right? They make they make saves, and then every once in a while, there's a goal where you scratch your head. And and Georgie doesn't make the big save, which is why I don't think he'll ever be a full time starter. I mean, he might be a guy that the uh, team has a goalie go down. You know, maybe Georgie steps up, and and you feel comfortable with playing him as a starter. But overall, I don't think he can be trusted as a starter. And you know, he's exactly what the Rangers need. I mean, he made 24 of 26 saves. The first goal was not his fault. The second one was. And there you go. You have, you know, if you give up two goals, you sh- still should be able to win the hockey game. And the Rangers were able to get two points. So it is what it is. And he gets a win. And, and you know, we can all move on. And, and I'm sure Sesterkin will play the, the next two games <clears throat> uh, against two teams that are, you know, very winnable. So you have the Calgary Flames coming in at home, and then I think they have the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday. So uh, you have some time in between there. So there's no reason why Shesterkin wouldn't play both of those games. So, um, Andy, what do you think of the goaltending so far? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on the goaltending, which I will get into. But yeah. before I do that, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Now, we spoke about the... Uh, our 
the New York Jets not getting the memo about New York sports, New York being a winning sports town. But listen, and fans are fans of the Jets are hungry for a win. But again, all NFL fans are hungry for a win. And if you're hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry, because DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And they're giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Really simple. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, obviously. And if you win, you win with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, official sports betting partner of the NFL, uh, home of daily fantasy sports and free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. You must be 21 or older to enter, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Which, speaking of which, to get back to your question, James, um, it's a, it seems much more like a gamble with Georgiev because Although te- we've seen, especially early in his tenure with the Rangers, you see technically, and at least from a talent position, he might have the tools to be a starting NHL goaltender. But the most important uh, tool at a goaltender's disposal is between their ears. And that's the one thing I think you're going to lacks. He definitely doesn't have the mental. Uh, and I, I think they even spoke about this one uh, between... Uh, I, probably not the Nashville game, but the last game that Hank was on uh, in studio, they spoke about the mental, uh, what you need as a goaltender to to be a starting goaltender and that mentality of don't panic, no matter what happens, just keep going. And listen, you're, there's going to be saves where you have no chance and it's not your fault. And there's going to be saves where it was your fault and you could have made an adjustment or you did something stupid and it happens. But you have to be resilient. And Shesterkin, you know, he is a guy that if a goal, even if he's a brick wall and he's getting peppered and he's his, the Rangers score a goal, much like Toronto, and then there's a breakdown and he tries to make someone banks it in on him from behind the net. And it's like, you know, now and the team in front of him isn't getting any chances. He doesn't buckle. He doesn't give in, just keeps playing. He resets himself and he stays just as composed and he ends up winning more than he ends up losing, at least this season. So. As far as Georgiev goes, I yeah, he's clearly struggled. I think he we spoke about this before that he seems to be a guy when it was more of a race between him and Igor to say who is the starter. He seemed to perform better because he was like, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm still here." But and that's all he was focused on. But now if it's like, "All right, it's like Igor's the starter and you're the backup, so we're giving you the night off. So all you have to do is, you know, we'll help us out this game." He definitely seems to struggle. But listen, he made some good saves. Uh, in one, you know, in the Ottawa game, you know, so it's again, he, I think he's tech, like technically he has the skills. He just definitely needs to get mentally. He needs to, uh, improve upon his consistency and not panic so much. And, uh, you know, I think, and that, listen, I think that that's a a lesson for Rangers fans too. Like you can't expect him. If you, if you say he's not our starter, you can't expect him to be as good as Igor. You know, I think we've been sport, We've clearly been spoiled with this. The gold, some of the goaltending the New York Rangers have had the last few seasons, where other teams have had to deal with having their starter and having their backup who can occasionally win games, but also occasionally, uh, you know, shits the bed. It's the nature of the beast. And I think again, we've been very fortunate to have some great backups in, in players like Camp Talbot and Antiranto when he was here, and you know, even Georgiev for his first few years uh, with the Rangers. You know, so I mean, you just. It is what it is. He, you know, he gave up a goal that you probably would like him to have uh, with that second one, his being really out of position or playing it weirdly. But, you know, I mean, they won that game and he found a way. So who, that's not to say he can't improve or at least find his game. So we should give him the benefit of the doubt, at least. But uh, again, he's clearly I don't think he's in the Rangers long term plans. You know, you hope that at a certain point it doesn't hurt his value if they were to get rid of him. Um Obviously, fans are already like clamoring for Kincaid to get brought up because he had a good, 
he's been pretty good for Hartford, but you would hope he would. You know, he's a, it should be a, a, at least a backup level goaltender. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even though, like I said, he gave up a bad goal, but I, I didn't think he played poorly at all in that uh, in that Ottawa game. You know, like, yes, he had one that he'd like to give back, but I didn't see him too out of position too crazily. And he kept him in it, you know, because they didn't have much going, honestly, for the first two thirds of that game. So, um, yeah, again, he's he's not the guy. And Igor, I think rightfully so. There was there did seem to be controversy about whether or not he should have even played that game. But I think that was exactly the game you should have played him in and then let Igor take this one. And then there's a few days off and then Igor will be back at it. You know what I mean? Because the whole team was clearly tired and you can only imagine how tired Igor would be at the workload he's had the last few days. So give him the extra day. Let him take the harder team being the flames and then uh, go from there. Yeah. And, you know, looking uh, yeah, looking at it, you know, the next three games that we have to finish off the month, month of October, we have the Flames, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Seattle Kraken on Halloween. It just, you know, you look at that schedule and you're like, OK, we should be able to get six points. We have the Flames at home. That's going to be, I think, the sort of the end of their road trip. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets again at home, a team that, you know what, has played pretty well to start the season off. But again, a team that we are better than. And this is the I'm telling you, I'm preaching. It's my mantra. You have to get points against the teams you can get points against. And these two teams at home, there's no reason to walk away with four points. At, at the minimum, at the minimum, you have to walk away with three. And that's what a playoff team would do. They would get three out of four, if not four out of four. And then you go on the road again, right? You got a Seattle Kraken on Halloween night. Should be, you know, uh, it should be exciting playing, you know, playing in Seattle for the first time, you know, a building that no one has played in yet and you know there are expectations there right the seattle kraken our expansion team excuse me and they're off to a little bit of a rough start and again a team that you should be able to beat and a team that's been playing a little bit physical so it'll be you know a good gut check for this new york rangers team that pride themselves on being physical and gritty and and you know can kind of beat back the the opponents and you know not not to reference jersey shore but kind of beat the beat back a little bit you know and you got to get two points against seattle so you look at the next three games you need at least five of six points andy and i'm not being greedy that's just a must and that's exactly what a playoff team would do yeah i listen i don't expect them to take six of six i would be awesome and pleasantly surprised uh, if they did but, you know, I do feel like there there's due for maybe a little bit of a letdown and just I think law of averages says it's probably not going to happen. But uh, I do think this game tomorrow against uh, a Flames team that was just able to the, the Caps have been scorching people. But, you know, the flame uh, pun intended, I guess. But the Flames were able to mount a little bit of a comeback. Elias Lindholm is a great player and he they come back to beat the Caps in OT the other night. Again, so, but who knows? Maybe they that game took a lot out of them, and or the Rangers who maybe they were tired from the road trip, but they'll be back at home, a little bit more comfortable atmosphere. Maybe they'll get a little bit more charred juice from their hometown crowd. And if anything, it's uh, we've seen that the Rangers have played every team kind of the same. They just kind of grind it out. They don't. It's not like the Rangers of the past were either full on sprinting all the time <laughs> and flying, which was great. Or they just didn't have it. Where this team is a little bit more about consistency. And like, yeah, maybe we're not going to cream you the full 60 track meet. But again, we're just, we always have enough in the tank to close it out and fill it. And listen, I'm not trying to be definitive about this team has figured it out, you know, because I do think there's definitely room for improvement. I'm not not that stupid, Uh, but I am pretty stupid and I am (laughs) easily uh, on jump on bandwagons. And, but listen, I think they're, they clearly are playing with plenty of confidence right now. And again, I, I think, if they can find it in themselves to just slowly frustrate a bunch of teams who are used to just, you know, at least winning, playing their style of of hockey. uh, Yeah. I think they can come out with more points more often than they can. And so, yeah, we'll see if they get thrown back for the game tomorrow. Uh, I don't think they'll have Kako, but if they did, that'd be a nice surprise. But then again, you know, they've kind of had a winning mix and sometimes adding guys back to that, even if they are better players on paper can disrupt that. So you hope the guys that come back, especially this road trip was kind of formidable for them. It seems like I think this is one of those road trips where if you look at uh, the it, towards the end of the season, if we look back, we could say, well, this is where they kind of figured out how they were going to play moving forward. And they put it all out there and it just kind of instilled that belief in them that we can do this. And uh, 
we stroke we we uh prior to the season you and i spoke about the need for this team to have a strong start and i you have to say this is a pretty strong start right especially if they're playing this way when they don't have everything clicking the way they want it to but the new identity seems to be coming out first and foremost over everything and that was the that was going to always be the hardest thing for them to instill in themselves you know not not just like a new way to play defense or a new way to play offense it was just a way to to you have these habits every day and that's what they seem to have so we'll see it is a tough test cuz the flames uh they've been a bit of a mixed bag to start but they're still a good team they have some dangerous players and uh if you thought you were annoyed playing Brady Kachuk last game now you have to face Matthew who's maybe even more annoying so We'll see how that goes, and if uh, if uh, tempers you know flare up in this coming game. But again, this this team seems to not only do they not back down, they kind of take it to the other team. They and they seem to be the aggressors more than not. They think again, we're going to end up being one of the team that lays the most hits, you know. So, but again, I I do my one worry is that I do wonder if playing a more physical style will lead to more injuries. So that'll be something to keep an eye on and monitor, you know. But uh, yeah, so far. I can't. Yeah, I'm 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 very optimistic, but cautiously so. So uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up? Yeah, just a couple of things. Um, you know, I, I really I'm still going to harp on the fact that you have to take uh, these two games at home because I didn't realize because of the way the cal- calendar looks online that the Rangers start their first West Coast road trip um, with that Seattle game on Halloween. And then they're at Vancouver, Edmonton and Calgary on a back-to-back Edmonton and Calgary, November 5th and 6th. And then they come back home and play Florida before they get a little bit of a rest again. So I think it's really important that the Rangers capitalize where they can. And these two games at home are a huge game. You know, I'm not going to say they're must wins, but, you know, looking back at this season, if the Rangers are, are, uh, you know, a few, you know, points shy of a playoff spot and just a couple behind a wild card, you're going to look back at games like, you know, uh, you know, this Flames game at home and, and the Columbus Blue Jackets at home and be like, man, I really wish we got a win there because that could have been the difference maker for the season. So again, I'm going to go end this show with my mantra. You know, you got to get points where you can get points. And these are two teams that you should be able to beat, especially at home. There should be excitement in that building again. I know it was a little bit of a letdown losing to Dallas, but now you're back home after a strong road start. I think Everybody in that building is going to be gassed up to see New York Rangers hockey, and there, there's no reason why the Rangers can't come out flying, jump on the flames early, get an early lead, and just maintain control of that game. And, you know, bring that physicality. You know, let's let's stop with the tic-tac-toe BS and throw pucks on goal, muck it up a little bit, and take control and win a hockey game. So um, big game tomorrow against the Calgary Flames, and it's important to get two points. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.